Hi, I'm Sierra. And I'm Crystal. And we are Black Girls Just Wanna Have Fun. Join us for a series of conversations about all things adulting. With each conversation, we explore what it means to live life out loud as unapologetic Black women making the most out of our 20s. This podcast is for the girls by the girls. Hi, Crystal. Whoa, you actually did beat me. <laughs> that was I so got quick. This time. That was so fast. Oh yep. my goodness. Wow. This feels so weird not being the first person to say hi. Hello, Sierra. How's hi, it going? <laughs> hey, besties. Welcome to our fourth episode yes. of Oh, Black Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Woo! Woo, woo, woo. Crystal, woo, how woo, have you been woo, since woo. I last saw you? <laughs> well, considering just saw you two hours ago, uh, what have I done? Oh, I started watching a new show. I started watching The Best Man Revisit. Was it The Best Man, Ooh. The Final Chapter yeah, on Peacock? On Peacock. Yeah, it's actually pretty, it's pretty good. It's better than I was expecting. I have a question so. for you. Mm-hmm. Do you have the free version or the paid version? Okay. Oh, I definitely have the free version. Okay. Yeah. Well, it comes free. My parents still have cable. So oh. it comes free. Yeah, through that. Yeah. Wow. Do you have the paid version or no version? I don't have Peacock at all. So I will actually have to figure out how I'm going to watch that because I definitely don't want to give NBC, Universal, Comcast, whatever you want to call it, my money. <laughs> You have a personal vendetta against one of the biggest multimedia conglomerates yes, in our country. I do. I, I really do. I yes. actually, once we get into our topic later oh, today, yes. I have left them off the list of places. Oh, yeah. I... That was a brief stint. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> brief stint. I remember we had one work call together when we were working on the Excel file thing. Yep. And that was it. Yep. That's hilarious. That was probably my last day too. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely made her last week, last <laughs> month at the job. <laughs> Definitely last month for sure. Yes, yes, for sure. yes. It's hilarious. Well, <laughs> as you probably could gather today, we are talking about work and specifically being a Black millennial in the workforce. Yes. Because there's just a lot to this topic, you know, a lot yeah. to talk about. We're not even going to hit it all here. Oh, no. We're just oh, going to no, no, scratch no. the surface. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a part two. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Like Invite other people. Let's true. all exchange traumas. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> Create a trauma bond. <laughs> literally. Yeah. We've been through a lot. Really haven't through a lot. Wow. Just yeah. like, okay, sorry, quick tangent. I feel like the most traumatic experience of working in corporate was the 2020 period with like all the riots and then oh, for sure yeah all the employees pretended to care about the black employees in the company that was a rough time honestly the crazy part is I feel like things have happened before and they've never been addressed so mm -hmm. during all of that I was honestly just waiting to see if anyone was actually going to say anything but I, I think too since we were all at home Mm -hmm. There was literally like no choice but for companies to address it this time. Yeah, it was a really big elephant in the room. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah, that is interesting. 
So I think in typical fashion of how people just get thrown into the fire with mm-hmm. work, we should just throw ourselves into the conversation. Yes. Love it. Love <laughs> to it. Carry on with tradition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Life imitates art. There so you go. <laughs> for, just to open up the conversation, Sierra, can you give us like a brief walkthrough of where you've worked and the culture? the workplace culture that you've experienced so far? Yes. And as I mentioned, I'm leaving said company off the list. Fair enough. Fair enough. I felt like it was worth to say one more time just to solidify <laughs> how I feel about that company that I will not mention. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. So I have worked at Goldman Sachs. I have previously worked for Disney and I am back at Disney. And for my brief stint between Disney, I worked at Robert Half. So I feel like, honestly, all of these places have similar cultures. Um, And I honestly think they do because I've tried to find opportunities that align with like my values and how I like to work. So I would say overall for workplace culture, the work that I do is pretty flexible and that like if I want to go do something during the day if I don't have meetings I can step away from my job because I know like no one is really breathing down my neck to get something done I'm not micromanaged um people are always willing to help you if you ask for help like the cultures have been pretty friendly and Like if you don't know something, just ask and people will take the time to help or explain or at least point you in the direction of where you can find your answers. Um, People have been really good about like development, whether that's like mentorship, guidance, or even like training opportunities. Um, I think people are also pretty friendly and not solely focused on work. We typically, you know, have that little banter before work meetings, just asking people how they're doing, what's going on in their lives. And along those lines, I think people understand we all have lives outside of work. So work is like not the end all be all for where I've worked. Oh, nice. That's great. And I really love how you said in the beginning that you feel like you've found places with very great work-life culture because that's what you sought out like you already knew what you're kind of looking for in a workplace yes yes indeed very smart (laughs) how about you yes so my list is a little more condensed I've only worked for one organization but (laughs) I've worked for their different subsidiaries and different teams so I will classify my answer in two I have two answers for this so The company that I worked for, which was Comcast NBC Universal, we have the media side, like the media entertainment side, and then we have the cable telecommunication side. I would say the media entertainment side, from my experience working there, it's, I think it's really fun because you're surrounded by like creators and like TV shows, films that a lot of us are really interested in, in our personal lives. I would say it's very lively. It's definitely like a work hard, play hard type of environment where there were just so many fire drills, I feel like, on that side of the company where you're constantly, like constantly having to like deprioritize one project because 
an exec wants something done like by the end of the day. So you're always on your toes. But I think the social aspect of the company made it all the more fun. I guess that is, is that trauma bonding. But <laughs> yeah, like everyone, like we all like went out to drinks after. I think there's a lot more camaraderie that I felt on that side of the company. I think in terms of racial diversity, that was also something that I noticed. I feel like I saw a lot more women in leadership. I saw more people of color in leadership on that side. And then I also thought people were generally really friendly. Like you said, having like the banter, how are you? What did you do this weekend before meetings is pretty common. And then transitioning to the other side of the company, which was more of the cable telecommunications side. From my experience, that's been a lot more traditional corporate, like what you would expect in movies, very like cut and dry. Um, mm -hmm. I felt like I was one of the few people of color, like in general, not even just black, but just other races. I didn't quite see as much racial diversity. Uh, definitely also <clears throat> work hard culture. I think that also just a function of being like a junior on the team and having to do like the workhorse part of a lot of the projects. But mm -hmm. on the bright side, I think people were very family oriented. A lot of the people on the side of the company have families, they have kids, they live in the suburbs. So I thought, so I think work-life balance tends to be more prioritized on the side of the company because people have other things outside of their job that they care about, which I really appreciated. So, yeah, it's, they're really kind of two polar opposites, to be honest. And it's hard to say sometimes, like, which side of the company aligns best with what I want in a work culture, because I feel like depending on where I am in life, sometimes the entertainment side feels more fun. But as I get older, like, I can understand how the more traditional cut and dry kind of work culture is more better for you to fit in other aspects of your life, like kids and having a partner, blah, blah, blah. It's crazy because you have all of that within the same company. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like also just based on the locations of the offices too, like the city culture, which you can probably attest to as well, I think influences the work culture. So living in New York or like a major city, I feel like just the work culture is so much more intense and rushed versus maybe some are more laid back, like, which I thought like Philly was, Philly was like a more laid back city. And I thought the office represented that. I guess too, just like coming or being at a company that has such a strong presence within um, today's like society and culture and being, you know, like a leader in entertainment I feel like Disney does a really good job of branding though across the board. So even if like, I would say there's probably like little differences in the culture, depending on which department and which side of Disney you're at, but they do a good job of maintaining like that same thread of values mm -hmm. that they find, you know, to be close to them and really important. You can find that across the board mm. in every department. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. And I yeah. feel like that makes sense for Disney, because although Disney has had some acquisitions um, like Marvel, etc., I feel like the way that the company has grown, though, has been so organic, like the growth happens within the organization. And like that's mm -hmm. how it's grown so big, whereas Comcast, we really grow through acquisition. So NBC was an acquisition. And I think because of that, 
like the culture at NBC was already so different before that. And when Comcast bought NBC, the culture has honestly kind of, I imagine that's why the culture is so different because like it didn't grow within the organization. We just bought it as, we bought it when it was already like an established company. Yeah, the company seems just like so segmented and Mm -hmm. like certain parts of it, it doesn't feel like it's one with the whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting place to be. It's it's both a good thing and a bad thing that things are segmented. Good because things are so different where like if you don't like one team, we still want to stay within the company. I think it's easy for you to hop around and find something that fits for you. But it makes it also really hard, I think, to collaborate with other people because we all just we all have different priorities within the organization. And that really shows like when it comes to the collaboration mm-hmm. aspect and getting big projects done. Mm-hmm. So Interesting. Yes, very interesting <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So as we've talked about um, where we've worked and work pr- workplace culture, I think this is a good transition time into like workplace dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, I know one of the things that we talked about coming into this conversation was how currently in the workforce, you know, we're millennials in the workplace, but there is also multiple generations that are still in the workforce. And we're seeing how that's playing out as we've been in our positions and in different roles. Um, So just want to get your take on Mm -hmm. with there being so many generations in the workplace, do you see there being tension there? And if so, like, what do you think are some causes of that tension? Yes. Yeah, I definitely see a lot of tension. And I feel like the tension was magnified during COVID. Mm-hmm. Like with millennials, <laughs> like some of us moving back into our parents' home and just like the disruption that caused, like in a lot of our personal lives, I think that caused us to really realize that work is just a means to an end. And I feel like that's a mindset that millennials had before, but mm-hmm. just the increased, just like our external surroundings, I think really solidified that. Whereas I think like baby boomers, even like Gen Xers, where like they're already in their home, they're settled. I don't think they went through as much of the transition during COVID. Like they just wanted us to keep on working. And I feel like there was such a disconnect between priorities within different generations that plays out in work. So I feel like older generations feel more obligated to, what's the word, like to just power through like a huge project and just like finish everything super quickly. Doesn't even matter like how how many hours it will take, to be honest. Whereas millennials, I think we would rather get things done like at a good pace but also not at the expense of our mental health and not wanting to go above like 40 hours a week and I just feel like there's also a disconnect between sometimes the amount of time that it takes to get projects done just assuming that millennials tend to be like lower in the corporate ladder versus Mm -hmm. Gen Xers and baby boomers which are commonly like the C-suite exec level positions Um, I feel like they don't always understand that like we're working really hard to get the tasks done that you need 
you just need to sometimes give us a little more time and actually check in on us and ask, like, is there any way I can help you? And actually mean it too. Because yeah. I feel like there are times when people, when a manager will ask you, like, can I help you? But it doesn't come from a genuine place. And it makes mm -hmm. you really hesitant to say yes, because you feel like it could be, you could be seen as like weak or not as, or not seen as a strong performer if you get help. So I do think there is tension. I think the different priorities is the main cause of it. How do you feel? I think you see a lot of stereotypes of generations play out in the workplace. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like millennials grew up with technology and we understand the world is changing and we're open to changing and making things more efficient in the workplace. And so I think that's one area where we get a lot of like crap for, to be honest, because mm -hmm. I feel like with the older generation, they think that we know everything and we don't listen and um, they think we don't work. But also it's just like they're rarely open to change. They're rarely open to having the dialogue around like how we work, when we work and how to make things more efficient. So I think it that those stereotypes of every generation kind of like plays out. And we all don't understand each other and we mm -hmm. all don't try to understand each other and maybe find that middle ground within the workplace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is so interesting. And I wonder why working in a multi-generational organization, why that's not that's not a bigger conversation, I mm -hmm. think, like within even HR, like when we're doing diversity trainings, like I feel like age is like one aspect of diversity that's not touched on yeah no definitely mm -hmm. yeah hr wow. any hr folks if you're listening yeah um, like we need to start <laughs> i like this is gold that. right here <laughs> yeah we really do need to start including it i'm super curious why do you feel like older folks are less hesitant to change and those like technology technological <laughs> adaptations that like us millennials are so comfortable with? I think that since they grew up in a time where there really wasn't that much tech, I I don't want to say not that much technology, but not that much rapid growth in technology. Mm -hmm. They're just not as open to it as we are. You know, like we grew up with it. So a lot of this stuff is intuitive to us. A lot of it is not intuitive to them. And oftentimes they don't want to learn new things. They, I, no, seriously. So, I, so funny. I feel they. like <laughs> that was a strong they. Huh? Yeah, like they. <laughs> they. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they mm -hmm. rather stick to these old processes, tried and true, that they know work instead of going down the rabbit hole of other technologies that could literally make life easier. Mm -hmm. That's so true. And I feel like your comment of your uncle saying, like, I have people that can do this for me. I think that also highlights that there's also like an ego part of this, like a pride part where they don't want to look like inadequate or mm -hmm. um, what's the word or incompetent, like trying to do some of these things. A lot of them, too. They're like, I've earned these years. Like it's someone else's turn to do X, Y, and Z. Right. But Why do we have to like, suffer? Because but, we suffered. I know. Like, what is it, up with that? 
And it's like, they also block us from even doing anything. So I'm like, I don't understand what you do. What do you want? Literally tell us what you want. <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's so true. Do you think these tensions will change? Or, or yeah, how do you see these changing or like evolving over time? I see baby boomers retiring and all yeah. of our problems going away. How about Gen X? Gen X has no I issues. think I think Gen X is ready to come in and be natural born leaders. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Gen X is also ready to retire too. They've been yeah. through a lot. Oh yeah, for sure. Really but I feel lot. like you can reason with Gen X. Like mm-hmm. Gen X is they're so tolerant, I feel. Mm. They they are those that can listen and get things done. Mm-hmm. But I definitely feel like they're the generation. It's funny because they say millennials don't want to work. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Gen X wishes they had the mentality of like, oh, <laughs> not I see. yeah, yeah, they're in too deep now. Yes, exactly. So they, but it's like, they're in the middle, you know, they see the work life, they know they had to do it. But they yeah, exactly. Be like us and like prioritize life and all of these things as well. Mm-hmm. They know oh, work tough. is a scam too. That is so <laughs> tough. That is so tough. Okay, your comment earlier about um, people saying millennials don't want to work. I think that also highlights another interesting generational difference is how much like critique millennials get. I feel like I haven't, or maybe because I was just so young, but I don't remember any other generation getting so much backlash over over so many things like not wanting to work avocado toast like just random yeah <laughs> such random stuff like they why literally hate do us, they hate us for no reason yeah it's so <laughs> odd it is so odd to me like what yeah. is your deal yeah we're the generation that they I don't know I feel like everyone wishes <laughs> we weren't around we get picked on so much for everything like we can't live our lives at all without someone saying something about right millennials. right right I feel like maybe they're I think also a lot of millennials are like pushing back on these institutions and establishments that are upheld by like baby boomers and maybe that's making baby boomers upset I find it so funny though because Gen Z that's after us mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah, they're the ones that are just like saying to hell with everything. Yes. And, like we started it and they picked up. Wow, right they where we finish left it. Off and came in guns wow. of blazing, but yes. no one says anything about them. It's always still us. Millennials. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. That's probably because if they went over, if they went to Gen Z and started critiquing them, Gen Z would literally dox them. So. <laughs> we're just too nice apparently yeah I think that's the issue <laughs> we're too lax in the whole situation we got to fight back right right I totally agree black it's millennials out there all millennials actually yeah Let's we need to unite forks yep yep we need to reach across party lines <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah take down take down these companies yes I totally agree so kind of transitioning from, you know, talking about the workplaces that we've navigated, workplace dynamics, it would be so interesting to get your thoughts on how you've navigated, you know, corporate mm-hmm. and working in corporate as a Black millennial. How have you learned to 
like navigate a corporation throughout the years? Well, it definitely didn't come easy and Mm -hmm. (laughs) had a lot of lessons along the way, but, um, something that has really worked for me was one-on-one like conversations with people, Mm -hmm. um, both Goldman Sachs and Disney, those are the type of places where it's actually like who you know more than like what you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so having a, I don't want to say large network, but I'll say having a strong network of people can really progress your career. Like you could go and do anything if you have mm-hmm. that network. So I found that like setting up one-on-ones with people and most of the time, like whoever's speaking in meetings, like that's who I'm setting up time with. Or if I'm in, um, if I'm going to like lunch and learn type of conversations, those people that are speaking at the events, like those are also some people that I've tried to set up time with. And in those conversations, just like letting people know who I am what I work on and really emphasizing like what I'm good at but Mm -hmm. also flipping it back on them and learning what they do and kind of like what that connection could potentially do for me um, that has helped a lot and that has helped me find opportunities but also um, just learn more about the company and how to navigate as well. I also think finding a mentor has been really helpful because you need someone that knows the culture and can give you feedback based on what you're going through when you're working. And also those people can pretty much tell you like how to get promoted and how to get raises from within. So you have Mm -hmm. to find someone that really knows the company as well. Oh yeah, definitely. Everywhere is different. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah, what works in one place doesn't always carry over. I definitely agree with everything that you said. Did you have any others to add? Um, I feel like I may have cut you off. No, that's pretty much it. How about you? Okay, yes. So definitely agree about doing one-on-one coffee chats. I think that's so important too when you first join a team, especially when you're trying to figure out like who... Our potential mentors are people that like understand the organization really well, especially in a one-on-one setting that also lets you understand who you vibe with too. Cause that's also important. Like you want to make sure that you're building allies in an organization with people that you align like your values with. I definitely think that it's so important, not only when you're like doing this one-on-one coffee chats, but really trying to understand like core people that I can trust. I think that's something that can be really hard, especially since I feel like a way that we often build trust with other people is like by being vulnerable and um, like sharing things, like sharing personal things with others. But I feel like in workplace settings, you can't do that with everyone. Or maybe with like no one at all, no one at all, depending on like the place that you work. But just being really careful, I think, about the personal things that you share with people is a great way to navigate an organization because you don't ever want someone to have 
something on you that like if other people were to find out that could hamper your mobility within an organization and then to your earlier point Sierra about like doing one-on-one coffee chats with uh, with influential people within the organization definitely definitely agree with that I think also understanding what are skills that the organization and that your team the team that you're in really appreciate beyond like the skills that like the technical skills that got you into the role sometimes it could be like are you good at planning like team culture events are you good at building team morale those more qualitative skills i think can take you really far as well too so those are my my lessons that i've learned some through trial mostly through trial and error though <laughs> yeah do you feel like over the years you found ways that you can successfully navigate an organization to some extent? Yes, definitely. I've, it's so funny because <laughs> I feel like finding people that look like us mm-hmm. have helped me navigate the environment the most. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because it's also people that are older than us, like probably around the Gen Xer range. Those are the people that have helped me probably the most in navigating these environments. Um, Of course, peers are also knowledgeable and can also help you out. Um, And most of the time can be a great like sounding board or just like support system. But also those older people within the work environment they have really helped me a lot. Like at Goldman, there were two VPs. Um, shout out to Kunlan Isaac. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they helped me a lot. Um, I definitely have, I mean, I know we're going to talk about mistakes probably later, but um, I've definitely cried in front of them before. And mm-hmm. I was like, Ugh. That should not be happening, but also they were just great people to mm-hmm. vent to, and they really helped me through my first year at Goldman. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah, I feel like also the people that have helped me the most to navigate successfully to some extent, you know, navigate my career were also Black people, but yeah. they were older millennials, so like maybe... Mm like early 30s at the time Mm -hmm. um but I feel like they I think it's partly because it was just so rare to see black people on the like Mm -hmm. honestly they're just rare to see black people in the company that I worked for so I didn't really have that many options to pick from in terms of mentorship but Mm -hmm. I think it's one thing to you know talk to them while you're working there but I think it's also super important to make sure that you keep up with them as you move on to like a different company and stuff just yeah just because like people have so much wisdom to share and you don't want to like ever I feel like burn bridges you know as you move on to like other places yeah I actually have an example of that because when I left Goldman when I moved back to LA I was actually applying for other banks And Mm -hmm. to do something like outside of the operational piece, I was trying to get more on the risk side involved with like the sales and trading team. I actually had a call with 
one of them like from Goldman to get his feedback on what would be the best way to go about having these conversations with these managing mm-hmm. directors that I was going to be interviewing with. Mm-hmm. They li- I had to meet with like four managing directors within that group. Oh, wow. It's a lot. It was just such an, yeah, it was an intense interview process. So that was a good connection to keep up with and have yeah. in my, yeah. Your yeah. Rolodex. Exactly. Yeah. I was going to say another thing that helped me successfully navigate, because in addition to finding people that looked like me to help me navigate, um, one of my mentors at Disney, she works at ES, she works for ESPN. And I was interested in switching roles. And I don't know why I never thought of this before, but also just like scheduling time with people in departments that you are interested in Mm -hmm. like even if you're not looking for a role like right away Mm -hmm. just still you know if you find something interesting in a meeting and you want to learn more about those teams just like setting up that time because eventually like you will want to move on and having those connections you know maintaining connections across the company Mm -hmm. that is like a good way to successfully navigate being in a corporate environment yeah you have to play chess not checkers exactly you literally cannot be thinking just like three to six months ahead no you need to think (laughs) what's my dream career and like what are the steps I need to get there no literally I'm always in conversations I'm always asking people what is your next step look like like Mm -hmm. where is the role that you're in where where do you expect the role that you're in to take you like what Mm, do those next mm -hmm. one to two steps look like Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's also a great way for you to like somehow add value to to the mentorship relationship just in case just in case you ever come across something that they're interested in Mm -hmm. yeah you never know what connections someone else has Mm -hmm. Um, I tell people all the time like even if whoever like whatever connection you get, even if that person doesn't have the role that you want, still take the meeting, still learn about what they do. Yeah, and then also know. ask them who they know, because you never know who they know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely agree. I think another interesting thing about um, a way that I've assimilated to some extent mm-hmm. to like working in a corporate is also figuring out like, what do people care about? Like, what is the water cooler mm-hmm. talk yeah. you know, surrounded by? So when I was working at Comcast, they like the team that I was on, like loved college basketball. So we would do mm. what's it, March Madness, like March Madness mm-hmm. brackets. Literally prior to working that job, I had no idea what March Madness was. But Crystal. <laughs> I know. I know. That's actually just like a cultural failure on my part. But I literally had no idea. But that was just <laughs> like a big, it was just such a big topic where not being a part of those conversations or being a part of like the bracket that they would do would I felt like could you know hinder me in some way so I think just always going above and beyond to seeing like what are people talking about what shows are they watching what sports are they watching yeah you know San Diego State hosted round one and round two for March Madness our senior year (laughs) see I had no idea Wow. I had no, no idea. I did put them, I think maybe winning third place though, in my bracket. 
that was was a mistake (laughs) was oh it was it was but that uh, (laughs) I was just so we've never gotten past a round of 16 (laughs) (laughs) I was just hopeful things would be things would be different this time I mean you didn't even know March Madness was a thing so I can't fault you for that that's a literally (laughs) I think I looked up a reddit thread to see like what is the best bracket and then I just put SDSU higher oh gosh yeah (laughs) wishful thinking for sure yes that explains (laughs) a lot of my decisions um (laughs) to be honest but yeah are there any other ways that you feel like you've learned to successfully navigate corporate Mm, finding people that look like me having thinking ahead when it comes to roles and opportunities um finding a sponsor is really oh yeah that I've learned this year that can help you get further in your career mm-hmm. now I do think it is very hard to find a sponsor um honestly for me I just fell into my sponsorship mm-hmm. um I don't know God has just been really okay working it this amen year. I love um, it um yeah when I first came back to Disney my team was going through another reorg and our VP had retired. So mm-hmm. we were just lost in the sauce. We didn't have a leader and we eventually just like found a home on a team. Um, at that time, I was really like, I just came back here and I turned down my MBA offer to be here. So Ooh. I was like, we got to figure something out yeah, for because sure. I just can't be out here on some random team with no direction and not really knowing what I'm doing when I came back here to do a job and that job is now gone and mm-hmm. my offer for MBA is now gone. So that makes something work. Something's got to shake. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. But luckily the department was starting a, um, a black mentorship program. That's so they awesome. Re- wow. Yeah, they realized like a lot of the black people in our technology group, they were all, not all, but most of us were in lower level classifications. Mm-hmm. So we have like P1 to P6 before you get into like the managerial level. So a lot of us were in kind of like that P one p2 p3 p4 level Mm -hmm. and so all of us were automatically asked like if you wanted to be a part of this program like of course you could opt out but long story short I got a sponsor through that and she's a senior VP within our group and she actually helped me pivot to the um, position that I'm in today mm-hmm. and look at that it's been that okay that was literally the job that I wanted post MBA so to yeah. get it like now and not have to take time off and um sorry crystal burned through and my pockets <laughs> no no my pockets are burned it's char yeah it's just ash ash yeah. in my pocket so but like from that like learning that a sponsor can literally open so many doors like Mm -hmm. she was getting on the phone and personally calling people 
to tell them that I was interested in a mm-hmm. role on their team. And if an SVP calls you, like you're I answering, think you're you, you should be one, answering. You're answering. You want but your number job. two, like that person that they're recommending, you're automatic. You automatically have a leg up in the competition. Yeah, for sure. Like. I didn't have to, I didn't even interview for my job. All I had was three conversations with Mm -hmm. the hiring manager and he was just like, yeah, she's good. Yay. Literally. That's awesome. That is awesome. Literally. Yeah. Saying the the right sponsorship. Yes. (laughs) Saying the right thing to the right person. Exactly. Really change things. I think it would also be helpful. Can you describe the difference between a sponsor and a mentor? I don't know if everyone knows. Yeah. So a mentor is really just someone that can kind of like help guide you through different challenges and situations that you have going on on a day-to-day basis. But a sponsor is really someone that's behind the scenes, kind of like promoting you to people within the company. Like, cause I'll honestly too. So I did a stretch assignment with um, the SVPs chief of staff. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people understand, like at the managerial level, there's always conversations about like what jobs are open, what roles are open. And people are always talking about like who would be a good fit. So that's where the role of the sponsor comes in. If a sponsor knows like what you want to do within the company and where you want to take your career, that person is listening out for these different roles and opportunities and either connecting you to those people because they know a role is open and Mm -hmm. telling that person like, yes, this would be a good person, or they're just recommending you to talk to different people around the company based Mm -hmm. off of their relationships. Yeah, the level of access is definitely much higher exactly. with the sponsor that you can have. Yep. Oh, that's so great. Wow. See, yeah. folks, <laughs> this is a playbook. I wish we had this when we were first starting out. Our career would have been so helpful, I feel like, to learn how to navigate corporate. Yeah. It's so crazy, too, because this group, it's funny. The director that I interviewed with, he was literally like, hey, I'm going to tell you, here's all the pros of this job and here's why you should take it. And mm-hmm. that was the first time I've ever, someone has marketed their job. Oh yeah, me. that's true. <laughs> yeah. But then I was like, but why would I turn this down? This sounds amazing. Yeah, did he say the cons? No cons? No. <laughs> <laughs> it, hilarious. it was literally like, you hear all the pros it doesn't even matter what the cons are. Like, look what I just laid out for you. Yeah. 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 That's true. That's hard to be. Yeah. That is hard to be. But I feel like that also shows, that's how you know too, that you are really an asset that the team needs. Like when they're, when the team is like pitching you the job. Oh yeah, for sure. The team that I left, the director, he was like, I just hope, you know, like I told him he owes me a beer for stealing you. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I'm sure your old team is hurting. Yeah. <laughs> but it's always you. a good feeling too. When yeah. It's like the team that you're leaving is saying like, oh, wow, like we're going to miss you. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and the past couple of years, like leaving Robert half too, my manager was literally texting me 
like taking mm-hmm. the conversation off of company <laughs> records. Off. Yes. Oh she, gosh. She was like, Sierra, you need to stay. Here are all the reasons why. I'm telling you this, like not as your manager anymore, like as yeah. a like personal and yeah. I, Okay, but you have such mentor. a stake in this, though. Right. I, I don't know if I can go not off biased. of this recommendation. Yeah. Right. Not biased at all. <laughs> no, hilarious. but she was like, she was literally like, get a high level project on your resume, and then you can leave, like, go anywhere you oh, want. I see. Like, yeah. she's like, this is such a good opportunity for your career. I see so much value that you bring, and mm-hmm. I'm like. I love this conversation and I really value you. I enjoy this relationship, but also just Disney's calling. I got to go. You got to answer. Go you do. <laughs> and I feel like that's also another thing. You didn't mention this, but something that I feel like you've done really well that I really admire about you is your ability of when, of knowing when to leave a job. Oh, yeah. Like you've yeah hopped around quite a bit, like as you all have heard, but I think you just have like really great foresight. And knowing like once things start to look a little bumpy, you're mm-hmm. out. We wasted no time. <laughs> I just thought of the company yeah. that shall not be named. Yes. Like no, yeah. I was I was thinking about that too, the conversation of knowing when to leave. Um, I I do have a general rule of thumb now. I think mm-hmm. this is a good transition over to like what mistakes we've made when yeah. navigating the workforce. Like, I do feel like I have left some places a little too early, but at the same time, it was like a good sweet spot to leave, like now looking back on it. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, I would say general rule of thumb, like give it at least 18 months to figure out if you like it or not. But also there are some examples of like, if you're just that miserable, like go ahead. Yeah, because the company that we shall not name, I was there for six weeks. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was that short. Yeah, it was that short. Wow. Yeah. Um, I was crying almost every day. Oh, my gosh. And the icing on the cake was I was in San Diego with a friend and she saw how hard I was working like I literally was only with the company for four weeks Mm -hmm. and my boss was like crazy Michael crazy micromanager would Mm -hmm. call me like every other minute like I would be in the bathroom and I would hear my teams going off yeah if I didn't answer right away she was calling me yes oh gosh that team's team's ring still yeah I I was being I was being tortured and my friend like would hear the conversations while she was sitting oh, there right. and I would get off the phone and she'd be like, I don't even understand how you can take that. Like I mm. would be so done. Mm-hmm. And literally it was a Friday. I think we had one week left in San Diego. I literally quit that Friday and enjoyed the next freaking week. <laughs> <laughs> you said I'm giving myself a vacation. I do yes. not need this. Yeah. Wow. And the wow. HR lady called me and it sounded like it had been a problem for years. So honestly, oh, wow. like I felt it in my body that I cannot stay yeah. in this place. Like my yeah. family told me, no, Sierra, don't quit. Like, this is a mm-hmm. good job. You just got mm-hmm. it. I was like, I don't care. I'm leaving. 
Like you can't mm-hmm. pay me enough to deal with this abuse. This lady is abusing me. Yes, <laughs> and yeah. and they want me to talk to her and work it out. There is no working it out. It's not that city. serious. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The job market was looking too good during that time for no, you to stay. Honestly, the same day that I quit and I was like, I'm going to take some time off. I'm going to get my head together. I'm going to, you know, decompress from this toxicity. Robert Half called me same day. Look at God. Wanting to set up interviews. And I'm like, oh, look at this. We're going straight into work again. Got it. Back to the payroll. God said, no, there's no break here. That's hilarious. We're on a mission. That's hilarious. Oh my goodness. How did you resign from the six week job? <laughs> I email? sent an email and I said effective immediately. <laughs> Bolded, underlined. Yeah. She's no, the crazy part is I was actually stepping away for lunch that day. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized like this was not a place that I want it to be because I literally left my computer to go mm-hmm. to eat with a friend in San Diego to catch up. And she's like pinging me and I didn't answer. And then she's calling me. So then as I got to the restaurant, I'm like mm-hmm. over here all frazzled. I'm like, oh my God, this yeah. guy thinks I'm like a psychopath right now, probably because I'm a mess. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm sending this email right now. I mm-hmm. have to do it. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. That yeah. is really terrible. It's funny because I checked my email later and the director or the VP, whatever he was, he actually um, responded back and was like, I understand. Um, oh my are gosh. you free for a like 30 minute call? And I didn't even respond even after I saw it because I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. You're on your way <laughs> out by then. Yeah. No, I, I was like the conversation with HR, the HR business partner is enough for me. Like, I don't mm-hmm. need to tell you what her problem is yeah sounds like they've had enough people there's a lot of exactly. turnover in the world too like exactly they've had enough people to know it's an issue yeah mm-hmm. oh my goodness I have like a lot of thoughts a lot of questions <laughs> about that so one thing that I thought was interesting that you said was like your family wanted you to stay you're obviously mm-hmm. ready to go I feel like that also highlights going back to like our first part of the conversation just like the tensions with the different generations mm-hmm. within the workplace. It's like, I feel like millennials were like, we know another job somehow we'll get yes. another job. Like yep. the world will still turn. But yep. um, I think we've also, we can. also just have the That's access true. to jobs now. You know, oh, like I see. The yeah. day, you would actually physically have to take your resume into place yeah, or go around and ask if people are hiring, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. versus now we just Switch. go online and yeah. press the submit button or we get calls from mm-hmm. headhunters and different recruiters, like people reaching out to us. We have right. a different type of access and it's a different type of environment these days. Like companies need to be competitive because talent can leave true. and yeah. they will find something better out there. Yes, I agree. I agree. <laughs> and hopefully that makes companies more keen to like improving their work culture and improving like the leaders that they have within the company. Yeah. Like the micromanager it, that you had, she really realistically, like she should have been 
dismissed like a while ago. Yeah. Like they should be coaching her or something. Yeah. Well, too, I mean, this is a thing. I don't just leave companies, you know, I have good reason and I document those reasons over time. Like I'm all, if the cons outweigh the pros, then I'm out of there. And one of the things for me, red flag that I noted when I started, she was like, well, when I first started, like I had no one to help me out and I had to figure all of this stuff out on my own. And so she wanted me to figure it out on my own. She literally gave me like a 20 page guide and was like, figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but why? But you're the ma- you're the manager. Yeah. So yes, you got hired into this job, and yes, you didn't know what was going on. Once again, you're a manager. You yes. can figure it out, and also you still have probably the support of the director on the team. So I don't want to hear this crap about figuring it out. Like mm-hmm. I'm asking you questions. And you know the answers. And if you're not going to tell me, then I'm assuming that you're setting me up to fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a big, such a big thing. I think and like a huge issue that I really have with managers is just I feel like oftentimes like the people development aspect of the role mm-hmm. is just so overlooked. And yeah. perhaps it's because like your micromanager, they went through a hard time. They want us to go through a hard time. But it's like, why would you want to pass on that same trauma and like toxic work environment to someone else? Like, wouldn't exactly. you want to create a different shift in the culture? <laughs> exactly. Like, that's terrible. Yeah. And that was the thing for me. Like the culture was really bad. Mm-hmm. My manager was really bad and I didn't see things changing. I would, in that role, I actually learned to stand up for myself and advocate for myself. And those conversations would just go nowhere. And I mm-hmm. think honestly, it was like a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were not seeing eye to eye. And then also like the developmental aspect, I didn't see that happening at all in that mm-hmm. role. What she told me all that stuff. And yeah. then the micromanaging, I was like, you know what? I don't need any of this. I'm not getting paid enough to deal mm-hmm. with all of these issues. Yeah, for sure. For and then sure, also sure. their systems are so old. They are I old. complained about Disney. Like that was some next level <laughs> stuff. I was like, I don't even care to figure out what's <laughs> going on here. Oh gosh. We were still in spreadsheets and like connecting to the system and pulling information in Ooh. the spreadsheets. Oh, that is I was old. like, no, <laughs> I can't do this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember <laughs> to think back. Yeah, that is terrible. But that yes, so terrible. With mistakes, I definitely there are times when you can leave too early, but I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever left too early I've definitely processed those things and made the decision to leave but Mm -hmm. with that I've learned like you cannot vent to everyone which I think you've said um Mm -hmm. honestly I've kept how I truly felt about some like jobs to myself Mm -hmm. I've probably vented to you know my uncle maybe but I've never Mm -hmm. truly vented to co-workers about how I feel about the job Mm-hmm. I've kept a lot of things to myself which mm-hmm. yeah yeah I agree with that one now that I'm out of my old job <laughs> I connected with some old care 
old coworkers and I vented. And it's so interesting now to see how they feel. And like we all felt the same way, but like all of us, we all didn't vent too for the same, the same reason of like, you kind of have to keep a lot of your cards to your chest. Yeah. I, yeah, for sure. I think one mistake that I've made, well, yeah, one mistake that I've made is when looking for new teams is really asking the questions that show like, is this team really, do they really value people development and making sure that there's upward mobility, that they mm -hmm. know what your goals are. I feel like in my last role, the VP that originally hired me, I think he really cared about where people saw their careers. And then after he left the, the vibe of the team just kind of changed and no mm -hmm. one asked me once. Well, besides I'll get to this person, but like, for the most part, no one on the team asked me, like, what do you want to do with your career? What do you want to do after this job? And mm -hmm. because of that, like, it was just so hard to navigate, like, what the next step was, because there was no, there was no room for, like, exploration without feeling like I would be stepping on someone's toes, because mm -hmm. they didn't make it seem like there really was a next step for us. And luckily, there was one Black man, JB, that joined the team like maybe like a couple months after I joined, I think a couple months. And he was the first manager that I've had that I felt like really cared about, manager that I had on that team that mm -hmm. I felt really cared about like the future of my career. And it's it's nuts like to mm -hmm. think that there's so many older people that have, you know, navigated, you know, this system and for the most part, seem to know what they're doing and to just like not care or like not feel the need to pour into like younger folks and help them figure it out but I thought he did a really great job of you know making sure that I was getting the right opportunities there was one time we had a project and there was just some miscommunication about like what the goal of the project was and a VP said like something like along the lines of like I'm so disappointed in you Crystal like you like you didn't do this well and he actually talked to the VP on my behalf and he said to me like I set you up for failure and that was something that was just so profound to me to have someone that um would advocate mm -hmm. for me so I think going forward now is like finding more hoping to find more JBs in my career and mm -hmm. eventually becoming a JB so people don't have to go through the work trauma that both of us seemingly have experienced yeah I find that um just on what you're talking about I found that at Goldman um a lot of the it's kind of crazy but to your point it seems like a lot of older professionals like they want you to come to them and express that you want to have the career conversation versus like them actually pulling you in and asking you like what you want to do mm -hmm. which I find very kind of intimidating to be honest yeah exactly because I feel like and yeah I feel like that's tough because unless a manager has made it clear that they understand that this job is just a stepping stone I feel yeah. like you telling them what you want of your career and what you want next, like they could sabotage you so easily. Exactly. I think it's up to the manager for them to create the space for you to share 
something yeah. like that. And you really never know what that dynamic is either within the group. So, I mean, I think where I was at on the finance side at Disney, they truly kind of block people from moving to different mm-hmm. spaces. Yeah. So yeah. you really have to be careful with, you know, having those career conversations within certain groups. I mm-hmm. mean, where I'm at now, before I even took this role, the director, which I appreciated, he's like, I don't want anyone to stay in that role for more than two years. Like the expectation is that you can move up into, you know, the next step, which would be like a product manager role within a different space, whatever that looks like. You can go to the segments and take on a product manager role or another role. Um, it's, he laid out the options for me and I was like, I like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I think another, that makes me think, um, is another mistake is not looking at the people that are on this team, past people that have been on the team, like where Mm -hmm. did they go? Why did they leave? I think that was a pattern that I overlooked. Um, Mm -hmm. I think if a team is known for having people that spin off into business units, like you're saying, that shows that they actually to some extent, like they do care about having mm-hmm. internal talent fostered and nurtured within the organization. But if the team have people that exit the company mm-hmm. entirely, I think that shows that perhaps they did feel stuck and there just wasn't any room to grow. Yeah, no, definitely. I like that. Yeah. So looking forward. Yes. To the workplace. What are you hoping the future of the workforce looks like? Oh, gosh. I hope it looks more (laughs) relaxed. I really hope it does. I was, you know, really hopeful after like the huge 2020 wave of COVID that companies would be open to like flexibility, working remote. And I think that's that's definitely the case for some organizations. But I've Mm. seen some organizations slowly creep their way of like, two days a week, three days a week, four days a week in the office. And I feel like going back to the baby boomers, I feel like as long (laughs) as, you know, baby boomers are staying in management, I think we'll make, I think there could be like a harder push for people to be in the office all the time. And I hope Mm -hmm. that changes. I hope people are more open to people working all around the world. And as long as your work gets done, perhaps it does I don't think it even matters like how much time you're working, to be honest, like the 40 hour work week. I think that that is something that doesn't apply to us anymore. Like that was originally used when people were manufacturing cars. I think we really need to reimagine what Mm -hmm. what work looks like and just leave that open to like people's own preferences and what they need to get their work done. Yep. So that's my dream. What is yours? (laughs) I mean, just leave picking up where you left off. I think that we need a four day work week. That would be great. And companies are already doing it. Yeah. And like, there's absolutely no reason for us to still work five days a week. Yeah. <laughs> we should work four days a week and have the fifth day off. And I'm even fine with doing like, I love, I did my internship for Chevron and they had 980s. So every other Friday we would be off. 
Mm -hmm. and we would work 10 hour days Monday through Thursday and then the Friday that we worked that would be at eight no and wait we would work nine hour days Monday okay. through Thursday and then the Friday that we were in office it would be an eight hour day and then we would have the other Friday off oh I see I see yeah um or even if companies did like summer Fridays but like all year every round. I was gonna say year yeah. round yes. annual Fridays yeah that'd be great <laughs> yeah it, we great. just yeah we just really need to think about what that Friday looks like yeah yeah because I don't want to work <laughs> yeah the weekend isn't enough like Saturday I it's feel like not. it's the only day hopefully to get stuff done and Sunday yeah. you're like prepping for Monday exactly not enough time there's not enough time in a weekend. We definitely need mm -hmm. another day. However, that works. Even some companies have started giving off the time between Christmas and New Year's. You may as well. Nice. It would be nice if everywhere implemented that because a lot yeah. of people take off anyways. So why not just have it be a company wide thing? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, definitely I was agree. also thinking too, like if they want people to truly come back into the office for whatever amount of time they allot, then there mm -hmm. needs to be more services for people at the office. You know, like Google, you can get- I would your, love to work your... at Google. Wow. <laughs> Everything you need. so many perks for you because you're yes. there all the time. So, yeah. you know, bring more services, free mm -hmm. meals everywhere. At the minimum. PTO policies. Also, I was thinking mental health services, those need to be mm -hmm. changed, implemented. It seems like there's not enough that companies are doing around that. I don't want yeah. a free calm subscription. Give me some free therapy sessions. <laughs> For Out the things, the stress EAP. that you cause. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> I, outside of EAP, I was saying. Got it. Got it. Oh, I love yeah. that. Because, you know, Cause... that's like the, they give you free 10 set, like 10 free sessions. But you have to find like a specific provider within, oh, I see. like that's covered within their network. Mm -hmm. Most of the time for people of color, like we're not getting what we need with those EAP sessions. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, things definitely need to change. Mm -hmm. Oh, they do. And I think they will in time, like you yeah. said. As um, baby boomers retire, maybe these... Gen Xers can come in and really shake Tell things us how up. They feel. Or if millennials exactly. just, you know, come into power and Gen mm -hmm. X wants to retire as well, um, mm -hmm. we're here. We're ready. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And going back to what you said earlier, you know, there is a competition for talent amongst organizations. Mm -hmm. So at this point, like if you're not treating your employees well, if your employees feel overworked, underappreciated, we have no obligation to stay. We yep. really don't feel bad about sending in the two weeks and moving on to a place like Google that will give us yeah. free meals and everything <laughs> that we need. Yeah, so. literally. Yeah. Well, another successful conversation in the book. Yeah, this actually <laughs> felt quite cathartic right? to, talk, to release all this, I don't know, thoughts I've had about work <laughs> into the ether. So. Thanks, now we need Sierra. to get our besties <laughs> thoughts on all of this. I know. Yes. Please let us know how you feel about the workplace culture, <laughs> what you want to see change, 
if you think there's anything that should stay the same, we'd love to know and continue this conversation offline. But yeah, until we then, we would love to trauma bond with you. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, besties, make sure you go to therapy. So yes. <laughs> if you related to anything in this episode, because um, <laughs> we have both had therapy. That is true. Yeah. I'm going to need to get back on, get back on the wave. Not going to lie. But we hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you next time. Bye, besties. Bye, besties.